Welcome back to Feedback Loop, everybody. That was probably loud and hot. I apologize. I'm Jeremy. <laughs> I'm Joey. <laughs> and, and this is our podcast where we talk about albums and music. And this is, I'm piloting this episode because this week we're talking about an album that I recommended, oh which has God. not happened since our Dark Parp, Dark Parp? Our <laughs> Dark Parp Saga. <laughs> our Dark Pop Saga. Man, I'm falling apart already. It's I, I'm rusty. I know we just did this last week, but I wasn't I wasn't steering the ship. Yeah, you weren't the guy last week. I was the guy. <laughs> and now now I'm the guy. I want to be the guy because uh, <laughs> I like sharing music just as much as you like sharing music. With yeah, me. you do. And I like when I you share music just as much as something else. I don't know. I like it. It's nice. <laughs> it is a good experience in in the the overall net gain sense. Uh, this week, we this past week, I guess we have listened to the album Veneer by Jose Gonzalez, who is Swedish. So many of the artists we, we have discussed so far have been Swedish, but I guess it just means Swedish people make good music. Yeah, they're all up there alone in the cold and the trees. They got nothing better to do other than music. <laughs> make really good music. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a folk album. It's It's fun. Uh, the how and why, I'm not really... I was just kind of vibing off of the last album. I've talked about Jose Gonzalez before. He He's kind of always in the back of my mind because he is the prime example of the folk music that I enjoy. So I think I compared, like... Uh, I know I compared the last album we did by yeah. Neutral Milk Hotel to him. I feel like I did for the other Swedish folksy guy that we talked about, The Tallest Man on Earth. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, he's kind of always in my mind. And this album specifically is just like... I, I we'll we'll get into it when we get into it, but okay, uh, it's, okay. it's, it's an old it's an older album, but there, yeah. there's a lot there's a lot in there. Man. Yeah, well, the world. I guess it's it's coming off of of your your foray into Elephant Six is not as old as yeah. any of that shit, but still, 2003, 17 yeah. years ago, like we were different people then. I was a baby. Yeah, and I, I, mean, I, I was, actually I was like nine, I guess. But. I I heard this album. Not super long after it came out, so I, okay. I've I've had a lot of time with this album. I guess is what I'm getting. Yeah. At. Uh, so it's it's old, and I, I'm I don't want to say I'm experienced with it, but I've I've listened to it a ton <laughs> of times since then. Well, there you go. Uh, or at least some songs I've listened to since then. But we'll we'll get in we'll get into that. We got some fun little stories and anecdotes later later in the thing. I can't believe if you were like what like ten years old or something, eleven years old with the first time you heard <laughs> yeah. the song. There's got to be something. Yeah, like if it's stuck with me that long, and that's what good music does. Uh, but it's 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 a fun story. I'll get to it uh, when we when we get to it because uh, it's I, it's. Ugh, I, I can't know. wait. It, it'll be fun. You're gonna have to wait though, because first we gotta talk about the album art. I mean, I guess we don't have to. Again, this is our show. We can do whatever yeah. we want. We can do whatever we want, but we will <laughs> talk about because we we're will creatures talk of habits. Yeah, yeah. We we and people people like consistency. Yeah. I'm told. So, uh, I'm not even told. I just, I just believe that. So we're, well, we're going to, we're going to do it. The YouTube algorithm told us so. <laughs> I don't The YouTube algorithm doesn't talk to me, but, but maybe it's all other people, other people have talked about the YouTube algorithm. It's the only but... thing that talks to me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the album art for this, this lovely album is an abstract and, and simple little, uh, icon it's not even an icon it's just like a, a simple abstract art piece mm-hmm. but not not in the way most people would think of abstract art it's it's like 
it's got this kind of light brown gray kind of backdrop and then kind of the outline kind of like a, a pencil sketch of something that is open to interpretation i'm assuming because i can't really make out what it's definitely supposed to be let me tell but, you what it's supposed to be oh okay because, Lay it on this me. is what my opinion is so it has to be right give it to me so the album's called veneer yes. and there seems to be i don't know veneer means like shiny maybe sometimes not entirely true sometimes fake surface that's just covering up the stuff underneath it looks like so, like whenever i look at the lines on the inside of that square in between the outside it looks kind of like it's a, it could be a square yeah it's like lines on the inside of it that indicate like maybe it's boards being covered up and like the mountainous things coming up look like they were like, like plaster or something that's being peeled up off of it. Yeah, so it's like peeling away the veneer to see inside. I like that. I don't, I don't know if that's true. No, that's, that it, sounds that's that's true. I don't care if it's true. It's true. <laughs> uh, it's true now as of this podcast. And if Jose Gonzalez wants to fight me about it, he can on Twitter and Facebook and and such. I'm already just just skipping to it. We we're everywhere. So if you want to find out what this means, do it. We're going to tweet out a picture of this. Do it. Uh, this album art. So you can yeah. just reply to it and tell us what you think it means. Exactly. But I think I think Joey was just big brain and, and got it, and I was overthinking it, <laughs> trying to trying to figure it out. Hey, man, but, it's all about interpreting <laughs> abstract art. I'm just so abstract that I yeah. just... Yeah, see, I, I try to, to jump to quick conclusions while as you're over there methodically planning your slow moves to, uh, to yeah. get to the, the end. Oh, yeah, my moves are slow, but soon you'll know. <laughs> will I know yeah. what you think about this album and <laughs> the first track, which is called slow moves. <laughs> wow. It's happening. Wow. It's happening. We're, we're talking about the, the first track, slow moves. Dude. What do you think? Okay. Jay? So if you want to know what I think, I mean, like I really, 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 really like this album. Okay. I really, I'm, I can't entirely say I love it because I haven't spent enough time with it. I don't sure. think, but there are aspects of this album that I love. And I think that I could love other music of his too. Like, yeah. And I think over time I could learn to love this album. <laughs> You're just starting your relationship. You got some slow moves to start your relationship. Exactly. With. Like you don't want to rush. And it's like, okay. So the first time I heard this song, it, it reminded me of something, but I don't know what it really reminded me of. And then I yeah. figured it out, and it's it's a band that I heard a long time ago as well, who coincidentally we're listening to next week. But I'll I'll save that for the end. But it's just okay. the way that he like play. It's because that's him playing the guitar. I, I'm pretty sure. Like yes, I, okay. And he I, he is like the sole artist on this album. Man, I love his guitar playing. Okay, there yeah. we go. There's there's love right there. I, I do I love this guitar playing. It is so reminiscent of uh, stuff that I used to listen to back whenever I like first started trying to really really get into playing guitar. Whenever yeah. I was really interested in like people who could do what he does, where like he plays a melody, he's playing chords behind it, he's somehow yeah. working a bass line in there at the same time. <laughs> yes, and, like it's just so nice he's the whole package doesn't need anything else because so many times you hear like acoustic players and you're like okay this is a cool stripped down version of whatever song and it's it sounds kind of incomplete but right like he 
I don't know. He makes it sound like it's a full band or something. Yeah, and and to be clear, this is for those who haven't listened. A, why are you listening to this podcast? But it's it's a very like finger style guitar kind of folksy album. Yeah. Like he he is very good at what Joey's describing, and and that's that finger style kind of guitar. He does do some strummy stuff later, mm-hmm. but for the most part, this album is a lot of like like you said, just layering melodies on chords on bass lines, all with you know just just your guitar. Yeah. And layering makes it sound like it's happening like in post production separately. Yeah, no, he's, he's doing just, it all he's doing at the same, it at the same time, time, which is something like I can kind of do it after years of practice. Like this dude, I mean, like it's definitely a skill set. Like if you want to hear more of it, there's there's artists out there that can do oh, yeah. it. He's just does a very good job of it. He cr- there's other songs that I'll describe. He he does a very good job of painting a certain type of picture. I think with his guitar playing only like voice right. excluded he does a good job of some like he has a very good lonely sound sometimes like sometimes but then he yeah. also can like he has a very good driving sound yeah, it's, it's very rhythmic he's very rhythmic yeah. with his guitar like riffs and stuff he is and there's other times which i'm gonna i'm gonna save it but he does he actually does get rhythmic at certain times, like with yeah. his hands, like he'll drum in the, like on the guitar while he's playing all this stuff. And it's just, I wish I would have found him a, like a, a while ago. <laughs> yeah. Like it would have just been the exact type of stuff that I was looking for back then. Yeah. And, and I, I kind of knew that in the back of my head, uh, I think previously we had talked about your, your love for finger, finger style guitar. And I probably brought up Jose Gonzalez mm-hmm. at some point there or i meant to or i was thinking it in my mind because this is exactly like that kind of thing and i was like man this is the best example that i've heard i haven't listened to a whole lot of like fingerstyle guitar and stuff like this but this is like it's it's refined it's well it's it's not overproduced per se it's well produced and he he is very clearly skilled at doing so even though this is his first album yeah i thought was kind of fun that is nuts. I was surprised that this this was his first album because it sounded like I mean I'm sure he'd been out there playing right before like nobody just okay here's my first album whatever I've never like gigged before I'm sure he's been out there and, like pre- like worked on his sound but it was just like from a production standpoint it was surprising that this was his first album because it just seemed everything is so like crisp there was really I mean and any time that there was any like fuzziness or anything. It seemed like it was intentional. I, yeah. I think. Yeah, I agree. I, I really like the, the sounds he gets out of his guitar. I really like the sound of his voice. There's just something that like, a, there's a huge nostalgia factor in this because like I've, I've been with his album for so long, but it just feels like warm and, and kind of like, it feels kind of like home to me where it's, mm-hmm. it's just something that's always there to like calm me yeah. regardless of what's going on. Um, but lyrically, since we, we've been talking so much about the music, I, I guess it's good that we talk so much about the music because that a lot of that stuff's just going to remain throughout every track in, in this yeah. album. The, the guitar sound is great. His skill with the guitar is great. And that doesn't change. He doesn't get worse at it. So yeah. hopefully we don't spend too much time talking about that on future tracks, but it's, it's, it needed to be laid out. So now we can, we can move on yeah, there we to go. the lyrics, um, which this one I've never actually like listened to the lyrics on this album because that's not something I do. Even this album that I've that I've been listening to for 15 years, I 
it, I've, I've picked up words and I pick up phrases that I'll know and I can sing to, but I don't analyze them because that's just not how I've listened to music ever. Uh, so I, I don't know specifically what is happening on this album, but I'm going to give my, my interpretation as well as I'm sure you're going to give yours. Uh, this one specifically seemed like he, he's trying to get into the music industry or, or maybe having a more less or a less specific, uh, idea of fake people. And he kind of holds contempt for that mm-hmm. where he doesn't like, he, 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 I don't, I don't know how to say it <laughs> with the words. They're not coming to my brain right now, but he, he like, he wants to make moves to get past their, their disguise or veneer, you know, the name of the album mm-hmm. to, to yeah. get into the music industry or get past whatever it is that he's feeling like they're holding back from him. I like that take. And that's actually a take that I got later in the album. I didn't hit like, kind of like how you talked about, the, the certain symbolism in Neutral Milk Hotel, how, how it didn't click till later. Right. I think there is a music industry or just fame aspect. Right. But I didn't see it until later. At the time, at the first time that I listened to this song, I didn't know if he was talking about a relationship or I or what, but I got the sense that he he was being lied to and he was talking about it in the way that, like, he was cal- he was being slow and calculating, trying to catch this person on a lie. And the person who was lying to him, he was seeing the slow and calculated moves that they were taking to try to keep this lie up, like with him. So it yeah, was just like talking about it's like a battle or something where you're just sitting and waiting, trying to plot the next move of your opponent. But it was yeah, and about lies. To to extend that, he he doesn't necessarily separate a me versus them kind of a thing mm-hmm. in in methodology he he changes the lyrics from each chorus so like the first time he brings it in he says my moves are slow mm-hmm. but soon they'll know and then when he comes back to the chorus later he says their moves are slow so he's kind of drawing a parallel with him and whoever he's having this kind of disagreement with and he yeah. does it with the bridge as well where he'll say like they'll keep on whispering their mantras we'll keep on whispering our mantras and so it's two sides, two people, kind of like you said, doing very similar things, just kind of watching and waiting yeah. to see what the other one is doing and, and kind of plotting the next step based on that. Well, then I guess we'll uh, have to see if any themes from that remain in the next song. Which is titled Remain. Bup, 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 bup. <laughs> Who could have seen it coming? We're killing the segues already. I know we say that sometimes and then we, we fall off because we forget. Fuck it. I'm saying it again. We're killing yeah. the sideways and we're going to keep doing it. Killing it. Oh boy. <laughs> Remain has a very like jaunty, but also almost frantic riff yes. that comes in on the guitar. And it's kind of like, it's, it's ang- anxious, I guess in, in some ways, mm-hmm. but it also has some like soft bongos going in the background to kind of give it like a, a rhythmic that I never noticed before until I sat down to really think about this album. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's very rhythmic guitar playing, like you said, just kind of iterating the same melodies and stuff across a few chords. But there is a section where he plays around a bit more, and there's even a solo section later in the song, uh, which is kind of fun. And this song specifically kind of touched on what you were talking about in the first track, where he's so good at changing the feeling, even though he's playing the same patterns throughout a lot of the song, 
he changes the feeling of it by, you know, controlling how hard he's smacking the strings or, or how he's emphasizing certain notes in the pattern instead. And it's just, it's, it's so like wonderful to hear that even though the theory of it is very simple, the execution of it is so like refined and masterful. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. And that's exactly why I love finger style guitar. Cause it's almost like going to listen to like, not to stand on the high horse or whatever, but like you go and listen to like, an orchestral piece of music like a classical right. or something you talk about people who are classically trained and just the way that you play something can be so much so at least as important as what you're playing because yeah. if he were to i don't know pluck a string a little bit less hard at any point in this song it would completely change everything and just i don't know one thing that sticks out i think it's what you're talking about the little solo thing the part where he's playing like so he's kind of playing this driving middle mid-tone melody throughout the whole song. Of course, he's right. got like the bass lines going underneath it. But then that little solo part, it's like he's playing a little variation on the melody with using yes. like chords higher up while he's still playing everything in the background and it's just it's just so cool to hear that cuz it like ebbs and flows with it. It's kind of like it like you said, it's anxious, it's building throughout the song. And this actually kind of gave me a little storyline to run with, which okay. I kind of abandoned later in the album. Whenever I heard <laughs> I did the same song. thing, yeah, like I heard. So in the previous song, in slow moves at the end, whenever they're talking about, they'll whisper their mantras. We will whisper our mantras. It's they versus we, right. and which originally I kind of thought it was a me versus you, but it's they versus we, and in this song. He's talking about will remain after everything's been washed away by the rain. We will stand up right as we stand today. So it, it's we, he's a team with someone or other people. It made me think maybe oppressed people are standing up to a government. And in the previous song, the they that was lying to the we was the government lying to the people. And the, the people were noticing the strategic moves that the government was taking to lie to them. And the government in turn was take noticing the strategic moves that they were using to expose them and building that into their new lies or something along those lines. Right. Yeah, no, I can totally see that. I, I think this song specifically is kind of vague and that lends mm-hmm. itself to being painted in whatever light you, you kind of see. Yeah. So, so if you already had this kind of loose, idea of anti-government thing going into this it's very easy to see that if you have this kind of like depression i guess kind of idea painted into it you can see that he's just kind of like supporting someone saying that yeah we're gonna stand up together everything's gonna be fine in the end of it in the end of it and it's kind of a generic i don't mean to insult him in his songwriting he has a lot of songs where the lyrics are simultaneously simple but they also convey a very specific thing that you have to like be aware of. And and like you said, it happens later in the album where you'll kind of have a connection like, Oh, okay. It makes sense. Now what he's talking about yeah, kind of a thing. And it's not nearly as it, it is still vague in that it wasn't clear what he was talking about at the time, but with the right context, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I mean, it's just, he's good at writing vague lyrics that are specific but just vague enough that anybody can pick up on them which i mean i think as generic or simple or whatever as his lyrics are because a lot there's a lot of songs on here where it's the same few lines this is 
an example, the same few lines right. repeated throughout the song. I think that's a testament to like good songwriting that you can put such a simple, such simple lyrics and still have it mean several yeah. different things, but then it clicks at a certain point later, like it's putting together a piece of a puzzle. Not only that, I think it lends itself well to the music being the focus more than the lyrics or, or the songwriting of it, because Definitely. if if someone's willing to, to, like, you don't get bored of hearing him sing what he sings while he's doing it, because the music is changing behind it. Yeah, he's iterating on the same melodies and stuff, and he's kind of changing it up a little bit, but for a lot of, a lot of it in this song specifically, it's kind of the same thing over and over again, but he's just playing it with different emotion and different feeling, and they're really, like... I don't know. It, it just, it works well with the simple lyrics. I agree. Awesome. Well, then I guess <laughs> we won't have to have a falling out and I won't have to leave a blood stain on the ground. Oh man. Bloodstains are not as bad to clean up. They take less, less time to clean up than a love stain. So, <laughs> well, we're going to have to clean it up then because track three is love stain. And I, I don't want it. I don't want any love stains on me. So we need to we need to get this shit handled when it's at blood stain. Not worry about the love stain. Man, see, like, just saying love stain, it's like, <laughs> I know what the song's about, and it's like, it it works. I, I like this song, and I like the message that it has. I like the simplicity of the lyrics. But when you say the word love stain... <laughs> it's kind of crass, right? Yeah. It's like, oof. What's, what's that? I don't know. What's a love right? stain? Let me Is that bring, like a semen stain? Like, let me bring a black light through whatever room you're yeah. sitting in so I can... <laughs> Exactly. Track three's love stain. Uh, it's it's got some nice claps in this. Oh yeah, clapping. I, I I like it. It's it's good percussive element, and it doesn't detract. It doesn't mean he had to bring someone else in to do it. He just kind of like it's like you know what, I I could use some some sort of percussive element to the song. Let's, let's throw in some claps behind it. Oh yeah, and this song. I mean, he might have done it a little bit on slow moves or remain, and I just didn't pick up on it. He's got. Hits like he's been playing the bass the whole way through mo- like his songs and everything. Not playing the bass, but playing bass lines on his guitar while right. Hit, doing the lower else. strings. Yeah, he hits like a super low string to the point where <laughs> yeah. like you can almost hear the string vibrating, and it's just <laughs> yeah, it's, a really. It's so cool. I think like yeah, it, it it's kind of the the corn bass effect. You know how yeah. corn's bassist has a super loose like low E that he just fucking oh, slaps on. Fieldy, oh man, Fieldy, <laughs> yeah. look him up. He's, he's a great bassist, and not that I need to tell anybody who was around in right. the late nineties, early two thousands <laughs> to look up Fieldy. But man, that clap bass—so <laughs> good, so good. Sorry, I just, I, you said that, and I just immediately—that's where my mind went. So we got a little, little off track. We but, uh <laughs> <laughs> we need to make a Photoshop of Jose Gonzalez with like Fieldy's dreads on him. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll do that and we'll we'll tweet it out or something. But uh, <laughs> the song uh, lyrically, it's uh, probably not hard to to gather from what we've already mentioned that it's it's kind yeah. of a breakup song. It seems. Uh, so this is where I started getting those kind of relationship vibes instead of like a fam kind of a thing. And that he makes yeah. it very personal. He's saying, you left a love stain on my heart and you left a blood stain on the ground, but blood comes off easily. It doesn't, which I thought I thought was interesting because I feel like blood stains are notoriously hard to clean. And that's yeah. just how he's emphasizing how hard it is to get over this heartbreak because while there's blood, we can clean that up. We can, we can 
get rid of the physical, the visible outer shell of what happened here, which with this heartbreak, I can act like I'm fine, which is kind mm-hmm. of him putting on a veneer, but, uh, I, I can clean up the appearance, but inside I'm still hurting. I, I still have this kind of stain yeah. on my heart that you've left. Yeah. I really like that. I don't know. It's just cause like this one, he repeats the same kind of verse twice. And that's, I, I like that in songwriting a lot where it's just repetition of a simple, but effective idea. And it's, I don't know. It's just nice. It's something that's cool. And as far as like a theme, I was still trying to hold on to the government thing for some yeah. reason, but well, you know, th- the back of my mind was like, no, this is like, I was getting relationship vibes, but I was like, I don't know. Maybe he's talking about the government killing people and you can clean up that, but you can't fix the, the bad, like the distrust or something. But no, yeah. I, I, it's, <laughs> it's like, at least at this point, I was definitely like, yeah, this is, this is a relationship. This is a breakup-ish song, but, but it's deeper than a breakup song. It's just talking about the recovery after a breakup. Right. Yeah, and and I thought it was interesting that like, like I said, he he's talking about how the blood comes off easily. Kind of to me, I, I gathered that to mean that like it's it's easy to hide how you're actually yeah. feeling about it. He can he can clean up his appearance and make it look like he he's coping with it well but inside he's not, yeah. which a lot of this album's talking. I mean, the album's called veneer again. Haha. Uh-huh, most of the themes on this album are talking about that. So I thought it was interesting to yeah. spin it and say that he's the one that's kind of putting up this, this false front perhaps. Very hear His heartbeats of only, <laughs> but a uh, good thing we kind of can, cause we can hear track number four titled heartbeats. Yeah. Which so is, I, I'm going to take this one away because a, this this was like one of the big singles for this album. The okay. next track is also one. Um, but this song specifically is so fucking nostalgic for me. Mm-hmm. And and this is kind of the the anecdote I was referring to in the beginning. I heard this song when I was really young, exploring early days of like internet videos. I feel like it was pre-YouTube or like at the launch of YouTube. That's kind of how early mm-hmm. I'm talking. Just kind of like fucking around on the internet. I was, I was a privileged kid that I had a computer and I had internet, but, uh, there was a battlefield two, which is a video game, uh, <laughs> battlefield two meme video kind of thing. I don't, I don't know a better way to say it. There was a guy named Stoke Snoken who, uh, he's, he's Swedish obviously, but he created like clip shows within battlefield, the game and used external audio and he called it mine was the first one. There was a mine too, which has the song in it, but I'll get to that. Some of the, the clips that he, he had were like Monty Python skits where he just like, you, you heard the audio from the Monty Python clip, but you saw battlefield characters kind of acting them out, which was kind of, it's kind of a creative thing to do. I guess it kind of became a thing with like, uh, animated music video kind of things that are on YouTube now, but I don't know. it, It was unique at the time and it was funny there was a lot of really funny clips and that's probably why I gravitated to it. But uh, there was one of them in mine too. That was a parody of a commercial that I never knew existed until today. When, when I was writing my notes, I uh, found out that this, that it, it clicked, it blew up, blew up on a whole nother level. So the commercial back in the day was for a Sony TV 
and there's a t- ton of like colored bouncy balls bouncing around town in slow motion while the song played and the, the video the commercial actually is a music video for the song as well uh but in mine too, Snowkin had a clip that's just a ton of players in Battlefield, a ton of their models. There's like 50, 60 dudes just jumping around the map in slow motion while the song <laughs> played. And I, I always liked the song, but I never knew it was a parody and I never really knew what was going on because it was supposed to be like a funny thing uh, in, in the rest of that, that clip show. I was just like, man, that's a really chill song. I really fucking like it, but it, it, it never really made sense to me. And now it does. Also, it's a cover song that I did not know. Yeah, I I found that out in my research. I didn't know there was a commercial. I I read something about the music video being those like bouncing balls. Yeah, I don't know this song. This song, I feel like I feel so much like I've heard this song before, and I probably have, but yeah. I can't for the life of me <laughs> confirm in my head. Like I can't subscribe to the belief that I've heard this song, but I feel right. like I have. But yeah, I, I mean that's that's kind of the the thing with this album. Like, yeah, it feels nostalgic to me because obviously I've heard this song specifically since I was really young. But like the whole album, just it feels like nostalgia to me. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I've I like listened to it a lot and and heard it a lot, which I mean I have at this point. So maybe that's a yeah. moot point. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm spoiler alert. This is definitely going to be an album that I actually listen to more. Hell yeah. But uh, I really like this song. I can understand why it was one of the big hit hit singles off of this yeah. album. Or I guess it wasn't a hit. I don't know. But just, it was one of the big songs. It's just, I like, I know he didn't write the lyrics. I like the lyrics. It's yeah. just, it paints a very vivid picture of something that I'm sh- I, I, I was about to say something everybody's experienced. Something a lot of, like, it's just, for people who have experienced it, it's a very vivid memory. But just, like, early stages of, like, young love. Or maybe not even young, but just, like, early stages of love. Meeting, meeting up with somebody for the first time. Spending your first night together. The first night of passion and love and all, <laughs> <Fucking>. all the... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like, it's just exact, like, I mean, talking about your heartbeats are like two heart hearts beating as one together. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just a very nice time. It takes me back to fond memories in my the life. Fucking. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I really like the, the vocal melody in the song. It's, I, this is one of them that I love singing along to just because like, I don't know. It, it feels good. To it, it, this, I mean, definitely the nostalgia factor, but I, I really like the melodies yeah. and stuff and the song, and, and it all just feels so like soulful to me. Uh, I have a slightly different take on the lyrics, in, in that, like, okay, I'm just gonna go into it. I did a lot more analysis, like thinking, critical thinking, I guess, more than analysis on this one than I did a lot of the other tracks, but uh, and it's not even his track, it's a cover track, but I think it makes sense to include in the album so it's pretty clear that he's talking about falling in love and having, you know, that those passionate nights that you referred to. Uh, the first verse kind of starts this, this imagery where he says they had a divine sense to know what to say, implying that they felt natural, but also drawing on this, this heaven divinity kind of thing that again, he didn't write, but he ties it into the rest of the album, but we'll get there when yeah. we get there. 
the chorus talks about how it, it, it wouldn't be good enough to receive some divine help from above the bridge that comes in later in the song. He says, and you, you knew the hand of the devil and you kept us awake with wolf teeth, sharing different heartbeats in one night. So I got two, two theories on the song and I'm not really sure which one I like more. The first theory is probably the more likely one, but he starts by using the chorus to represent a good feeling, you know, talking about not even God can make him feel as good as this love feels and this passion and the sex feels. And then in the bridge, he reveals that maybe his lover was faking, which again, veneer their divinity. So they were faking their divinity and it was actually in cahoots with the devil because it says you knew the hand of the devil. The wolf imagery also kind of lends itself to this like veneer, this, that they're faking kind of a thing. And then the final chorus, when he's saying the same thing, instead of it representing God, not being able to make him feel as good as the love was, he, he, he's saying that God can't even help him in his time of lowness. Like he's feeling so low, knowing that it was a lie that not even God can help him kind of spinning that. So that's the first theory that I kind of ran with. The second one is that it's all a positive experience and the bridge is just creating contrast between him and his lover saying that they're opposite and creating the sense of balance between good and evil while being able to share the perks of both. Yeah. Okay. I, I like your take on the, you knew the hand of the devil and kept us awake with wolf teeth because I was just utterly confused as to why it was in there. And the yeah. only thing I could think <laughs> is if it was like talking about, it was like temptation and, maybe their relationship was like born out of an affair or something. Some a veneer on a different front, like somebody is keeping it's a secret or something. But I really had, I like your idea, especially given the themes that are in the next song. So, right. The next song being crosses. We can go and talk about it. I really fucking love this song. Like, do you? Do you? This might be my favorite track by Jose Gonzalez. Oh it's shit! Just, oh, it's so good, and I'm I'm pretty sure I listened to this album as a whole long before I played this game. But the song is used in Life is Strange, which is one of my favorite video games of all time, and it just packs such a punch. And that game, that is, and the song, but the game's so good at like selecting the perfect songs for mm-hmm. perfect moments, and ugh. This is one of them, and it just fucking kills me. I actually learned how to play the song, most of it, at least, on guitar uh, not too long, a few years back, because of that game. And I'm just like, man, that mood is so specific, and I love that feeling (laughs) that I I wanted to learn how to play it. Dude, if you can play this song on guitar, I want to hear it. And that's, (laughs) that's awesome, because this is another song where I was like, I don't know, something that I hadn't haven't talked about yet with his voice I really love the way that he like layers and harmonizes. Not right. not even really harmonize. I don't know. He just like layers his voice in such a way that it sounds almost like ethereal, and it's like right. He has this kind of like it's like a chorus effect where it's it's layering itself with like millisecond delays, and it's it just kind of gives it this like like you said this ethereal this this bigger than life feel. Ah, oh, it's just so nice. But like this one with his guitar playing, it's just. I don't know. This song in specific kind of I don't know how to describe it. I'm going to compare it to other folk music because it's so different than other folk music that I listen to. There's a lot of folk music that I listen to that's very like very rootsy, very like 
old folk bluegrass kind of inspired type right. stuff like mountain music like you'd, <laughs> some people out in Appalachia are just making this but then this is like a whole different ball game which is a sound that I really like but never delved too deep into but I, I'm going to now but uh, it's like so if the other bluegrassy style of music is like mountain people made it this is like the trees made it to me like <laughs> this it sounds so like almost dark yeah without necessarily being dark but i mean yeah, it's, I, it's dark and also like peaceful and also kind of like warm yeah it's like if you stood at the edge of a dark forest and listened it's like this music would be emanating just from the air itself is what it feels like to me. Yeah, I, I can totally agree with that. I, I just, it's, it's so atmospheric, but also like, it's still, it's still music in, yeah. in the most literal sense of, of just like having, having an instrument playing melodies and it, it just, it sounds great. And I think that's what does it. The fact that it's just him and he's, con- he's able to control all of it with such like precision. Like, I don't know, just, he's just a master of his craft and his craft is making this like atmospheric music, I guess. I don't know. It, it's just, I'm very much impressed by his musicianship. Yeah, for sure. I, I want to hear your take on the lyrics of this one. Since you said you, you kind of tied it into the last one. I also tied it in to my kind of uh, storyline that I was creating over there, but I'm, I'm curious to see what you had first. Okay. So, I get that this song is about religion. There's a religious there's religious themes that I mean just straight off the beginning the first lyric is don't you know that I'll be around to guide you through your weakest moments to leave them behind you returning nightmares only shadows it makes me think of like a a god that is I mean of course being around to guide you through your weakest moments like whatever yeah. but, and it's like but the returning nightmares only shadows, it kind of hints that maybe it's not all like good or maybe it doesn't, I don't know. It's something seems off about that. Like with the whole hand of the devil, like maybe the shadow of the nightmares, maybe he's keeping him safe from returning nightmares or maybe the God itself is the shadow and the nightmare. I don't know. But then the chorus will cast some light and you'll be all right. We'll cast some light and you'll be all right for now like that (laughs) it's so haunting yeah like i don't it makes me wonder if he's (laughs) like halfway through the song i was like is he talking about religion like in an actual way or is he doing it in like a in a not mocking but like in a tongue-in-cheek way saying like this is religion itself is a veneer just a front to put on to hide depression underneath or to guide you through hardships in life like is it just something that people a mask that people put on as yeah. their veneer and i i think that's the theme that i'm going to stick with because that seems to make the most sense looking throughout the song but that's kind of yeah. what i got so so you hit the nail on the head and i i'm awesome. completely in agreement with you i i i too initially thought that it's just kind of a surface level song about supporting someone kind of going through a rough time but I mean, the song is called Crosses. He mentions crosses all over the boulevard, mm-hmm. uh, which is a specific religious symbol when tying into the last track of showing that that divinity and, and the devil and, and stuff like that, where 
what I got out of this was maybe he had a falling out with his religious upbringing instead mm-hmm. of like a lover that we that we thought in like Love Stain and stuff. And now he feels like the world is judging him for kind of losing his religion yeah. or whatever. Uh, so I, I think there's some connection throughout this whole album with the idea of religion being a, a, a sham <laughs> and yeah. also maybe some of that more personal relationship stuff with everyone promising greatness and good things while secretly lying to him and manipulating him and using him. And this is kind of his aching, like all of the heartbreak on this album, all of the melancholy on this album just feels like he's, he's been used by everyone and he's sick of it. And he just kind of like wants to like, put it out he wants to break that through that veneer and show everyone yeah what the fuck's going on man okay i'm glad you're in agreement with me because i was i was wanting to consult the expert on this one <laughs> but i was just like i feel like there's i don't know it does but with the religious themes kind of why i stuck on religion being kind of a facade that people put on it's like he's trying to break through that nice shiny outer coating of religion like break out of it is uh i don't know it just seemed to fit so well with all the previous songs for sure and i i dive into it a little bit more uh i think in the next track uh, or maybe the track after one one of the later tracks I, i i dive a little bit more into my analysis of the whole like religion theme but uh the next track is deadweight on Velveteen. Big words, kind Did of. Did not segue them. <laughs> <laughs> well, At all. Yeah, I don't know how. The only other Velveteen I know is the Velveteen Rabbit, and that's that's a book. That is a book, and this is not a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one, this one's kind of musically anyway. The the guitar on this one is super simple riff, but he also like has these fills between each verse and line that are kind of fun. Yeah, which kind of parallels the lyrics in my opinion so the music kind of feels empty or it feels kind of shallow in in parts because he's just kind of repeating the same phrase over and over again and then doodling a little bit between but then always going back to the same phrase which i mean he does throughout a lot of the album but for maybe i'm reading too much into it it felt more so on this track yeah and lyrically he's talking kind of about that and that he's talking about something that appears as though something it's not which is velveteen velveteen is it looks like velvet but it's not velvet it's it's a veneer it is the 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 most literal description of a veneer that he could put on this album i think yeah and i think the song is more of like a general metaphor about how people don't like to admit that they've been fooled but then given the rest of the the context of the album I think it's more likely about his former lover or his former religious experience. He says there's nothing between the sheets. And he also says that it's vulgar when brought to light, which I mean, between the sheets is often used to talk about sex without being vulgar. And then there's also this association of people having sex with the lights off because they're embarrassed and they're trying to conceal how they look and stuff like that. Which is just sad. It is. Keep the lights on, people. Yeah, put put get some like studio lighting shining <laughs> on. Put some mirrors up so you yeah. see it all. Mirrors in every direction <laughs> from every <Yep>. angle. <laughs> just in, just go into one encased sphere of mirrors. <laughs> yeah, that way you can see all angles at once. No, no matter where you're looking, yeah. 
you're seeing oh, it all. Oh god, that would be awful. That would be so bad. <laughs> Just turn off the lights, it'll be alright. <laughs> but yeah, so this dead weight on Velveteen, like it is, I think, the most literal description of a veneer of a false covering that he could get. And dead weight is just empty nothingness taking up space. It's meaningless matter just plopped on top of this veneer. Like, I don't know if the dead weight is supposed to be the people, if it's supposed to be. I don't know. I don't. This is so open, like you said. I didn't know at this point in the album, I didn't know if he was talking about religion, keeping with the theme of the past few songs or just the whole album if we're going all the way back or i was still i was like maybe he's talking about the government i don't know (laughs) yeah but i was once again it's it's those simple lyrics that are like vague enough to be interpreted a hundred different ways and then you kind of get more context as you listen to it and as you listen to the album that maybe kind of backfills it a bit Mm -hmm. yeah and i don't know he could even be talking about just You'd mentioned fame and trying to make it into the music industry, which is something that I think I can see on a later song. Right. There's there's one more song on the album that I kind of loop back into that, but you could even see like the surface level like personal relationships that you see in like Hollywood. Not that Hollywood has really anything to do with the music industry, I guess, but that has yeah, to do the, the entertainment industry. Yeah, the entertainment industry type thing. I don't know. It is very open. I like the imagery. I like the music. And I like, like you said, the way that the music works with the lyrics. Yeah, it, it gives it a very empty feeling of of kind of... On the surface, it's nice, it's pleasant, but there, there's not a lot of like girth to it. There's not yeah. a lot of meat, meat to it, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And but you know, sometimes that's all you deliver. Yeah, <laughs> I was the I was worst to, fucking segue. <laughs> I was about to start one, and then you. I was like, okay, uh, sorry, yeah. sorry. Give <laughs> yours, give yours, and we'll act like I didn't say it. Um, I don't remember mine. It was well, it's fleeting, and sometimes that's all I can deliver is nothing. <laughs> so I'm nothing. Sorry about that. Oh, track seven is all you deliver. Well, that's not all I deliver, but what else? What else do you deliver? Oh my god, I'm just going to talk about. I I I don't know why I'm <laughs> saying things. Do you ever just say things and then? Yeah, yeah, I do that. It's like it's like we're segueing to nothing. Like, yeah, we've already made the segue. We're already here, but we're still going to keep talking about what it. Are we, because, what are we doing? Because <laughs> we don't have anything interesting, or maybe we feel like we don't have anything interesting to say. <laughs> Dude, I never have anything interesting to say. If you didn't have anything valid to say, then we wouldn't we wouldn't be having these discussions with. Uh, uh, with the podcast, with with these albums, these albums are yeah, are literally just us giving our opinion on things. Yeah, but I always have the fear that nobody who isn't me or you would give two shits about anything. Well, I mean and- that that's just proof of the fact, or I guess that that is that is proven by the fact that we have no fucking listeners. So maybe you're <laughs> onto something there, but. Who fucking knows? Maybe people just yeah, don't have podcasts anymore. Yeah, maybe people don't like a giant <laughs> booming industry. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Anyways, track number seven, All You Deliver. 
this one musically at least it, it at this point you kind of know what you're getting from the album mm-hmm. like it, it's it's fingerstyle guitar there's not a lot that stands out necessarily except uh that you kind of alluded to earlier he does some drumming and tapping on his guitar body oh yeah it's so nice like this is the type of stuff that this song made me really wish that i'd heard this sooner because probably back around like 2005 to 2007 ish it might have been a little bit later i might be confusing my timelines but i think it was around maybe maybe around that time around early high school late middle school I was listening to like Peter Seriola and Andy McKee, people who are just like great guitar percussionists. And yeah. I feel like this would have fit in with that. Yeah, it's it's fun to listen to that kind of thing. And it, I think it's a nice way to mix up. Because like I said, at this point, you kind of know what you're getting from, from the album. And there's not a lot that's, that's going to stand out from the guitar tone or, or his style. And then he comes in and he does some like tapping and, and drumming to kind of keep things fresh, which is kind of nice. Very nice. But lyrically, I don't know. This song, because it's almost like to get that good at guitar, he made a deal with the devil. <laughs> so, I don't know. This, this song is kind of about, uh, at least to me, it seemed about being so obsessed with kind of reaching a goal that you sacrifice all your virtue or morals to kind of like along the way, just to get whatever you wanted, kind of disregarding everything else, only trying to get this one thing, which could allude to the religion or I guess maybe like anti-religion themes or whatever from earlier, which I mean, there's plenty of people who just, damn everything else i'm gonna focus on this one this one aspect of religion and i don't care who it hurts or what morals i have or don't have or i don't i don't know it just seems like maybe that could be some somewhere in there interwoven i don't know yeah yeah i i did a i I got a slightly different interpretation of the song in that I kind of went verse by verse. The first verse, he, he he does this cool like parallel with the first and second verses, where in the first verse he says, on the verge of ruin, this. And then the second verse he starts off by saying, on the verge of success, this. So what I was getting out of it is that the first verse he's talking about how when you're closest to failing, the path to success seems kind of clear. Like you know what steps you need to take when you're about to fail. Like, oh, well, I need to do this. I'm, I'm about to fail. I got to get my shit together. This is what I have to do to get to where I want to go. The second verse, he kind of contrasts that by saying when you're closest to succeeding, so say you've taken those steps to get yourself away from failing and now you're close to succeeding, you're not really focusing on anything because by that point, you're you're so close. You're overconfident that you've made it to the finish line. So you're not really worrying about where you're going or, or what the steps you need to take are anymore because he says like it's all white and fluffy. The horizons are, are blurred. The third verse, it kind of ties in what you were saying where he says, by the time you reach your goal, tongues will be twisted to the point where you'll lose track of your soul, which I think definitely has that kind of selling your soul to, to the devil kind of a thing or, or selling it, getting rid of your morals to, to achieve a goal. But I, I kind of ran more with that, that the Christian theme or the themes of divinity, but it also has that deception theme. So I feel like he feels when he was at his lowest, you know, closest to failing, somebody helped him 
quote unquote helped him by setting him on the, the right path to heaven mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And then as he got there or as he, he was fully invested in this plan and he got to, you know, what everyone's like, Oh, you're almost there. You're almost there. Just, just keep on going. He kind of realizes that he's been spoon fed lies by someone that's trying to like brainwash him for their own gain, which is pretty much how yeah. I feel about Christianity in America, to be honest. So that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of the theme that, that stuck with me for this album. Uh, and, yeah. and this song really drove that home for me. Yeah. I mean, while I didn't connect all the pieces that were there, which I think I like your interpretation of it more, but I definitely get the, get the vibes of somebody in, in the faith was leading him astray for their own personal gain, which, huh? It's almost like that happens all the time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you worship Christianity and you listen to us, a, that's weird, I think, but B, you do you don't force it on me. I just have very strong opinions about that kind of thing because there's a lot of shitty things that happen in the name of Christianity. So I'm not going to shy away. Hey, don't discount every other religion out there. (laughs) Bucko. Yeah, it's true. She's exactly in all all religions, but exactly. Thank you very much. The cross cross imagery and (laughs) where we live in America, I guess Christianity is the big thing, right? Yeah. It's the big one. Yeah. That's it's not the big thing. It's the only thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's that's true. Especially where we live in the good old Bible Belt. Woo. That's all there is. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 where I kind of went for the song, and I kind of backpedal. Yeah. There's a lot of different themes on this album that are all kind of blended together, but I'll talk to the, to that more once we get a few more tracks in. Yeah, for sure. But for now, we'll just stay in the shade and relaxed. Over here, after we block out the shade, after we've hung in the dark, it's a meme video. The the three hundred parody Cake Town, whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'll show you afterwards. I don't, yeah, you better show me afterwards. <laughs> that way, I know what the hell you're talking about. Over there, you meme lord, talking yeah. about first you offended all of our. Christian viewer, and now <laughs> all of our Christian viewer. <laughs> now you're talking about memes. I don't know nothing. I don't even read it, man. That's a lie. But yeah, you read it. You read it more than I do. But I do. <laughs> Stay in the shade. It's track eight. the The guitar in this one's actually really like percussive. He he drums on his guitar more, but he also kind of drums on the strings a bit. And it, mm-hmm. it kind of like, I don't know, it gives it this very percussive and rhythmic element, which I'm a fan of naturally because I, I'm into drums and, and that's kind of a thing. Yeah, that's like, I don't know, the the combination of drums and guitar made something that's so much, in my opinion, so much better than both of the instruments on their own. Like, right. whoever was the first person to just like incorporate that into, into their guitar playing is just a madman, a genius, and <laughs> I want to thank them for all the great music that has been created in, in that style. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's feasible to do. I don't know if we can pinpoint who was the first one to do that or who, who popularized it. But uh, yeah, I'm sure if if they're out there, they're definitely listening to this podcast. So you can just, just direct directly thank them here. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. That's right. <laughs> He's listening. She... Or she, he or she, he or she, they, that person, or animal, or I don't. 
It's God. so hard to be politically correct. God uh, damn it, Jeremy. Lyrically, lyrically, this track. You're breaking be... at the seams. <laughs> Uh, this one seems to be him more again back to the the relationship kind of a deal it it seems he's talking about his former lover which again could maybe be his his religion and he's using it as metaphor but he's talking about someone staying in darkness their whole life while it seems that he's kind of moving on so this this person that was holding him back and trying to manipulate him he's moved on and they're still kind of back there doing their thing not really getting anywhere that's what i got out of it yeah, I got, I don't know, it's, for me, it was almost like a warning not to keep yourself kind of in your comfort zone, or you'll, like, le- you'll waste. Stagnate. Your, yeah, like, don't be stagnant, because everything else is moving while you're not, so, but, I don't know, it's, it's hard to reach, <clears throat> it's hard to, like, reach out of the religion zone, so I'm trying to, like, right. <laughs> But I don't know, like, the, my first instinct was just, like I said, like, it's trying, it's a warning to improve yourself, move yourself, which, I mean, if we are tying this back to the religion theme, which I think, I at this point in the album, I feel like that is the theme that he's going for, right. like, just the main central theme that he's going for, I could be wrong, but I that's the theme I'm you getting. Are. It's fine. <laughs> I think, like, he's trying to say, in a way, like, I don't know, the people who go their lives not thinking critically about what they believe in, and they kind of just go with it, those are, I think those are the people he's talking to. Like, like I'm he had to do some form of critical thinking to get out of whatever religion or belief, Christ, most likely Christianity due to the crosses, but... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I keep saying, but it, it's pretty pretty clear which one he's talking about. But, no, Joe, we have to but, have equal representation for all religions. Hey, I'm just saying, it's all the same thing. It's literally all the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, with, hey, no, no, Joey, it's all the same thing with a different veneer on it. Oh my, you you cracked the code, Jeremy. <laughs> you, this is it. This is the one where if somebody listens to it, we lost all of our viewership. Like, <laughs> yeah, gonna... for sure. 100%. We, we, we wrapped up a journey. They're like, oh, that was interesting. They kind of led me somewhere. And now we're just <laughs> fucking all over the place right now. It's like, if you believe in something, fucking don't. <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> it's a sham. <laughs> Uh, but don't no it's okay it's okay to not stay in the shade and the depression of life if you if faith helps you get to what you want to achieve in life fucking do it i guess you know that's your, that's, exactly it's your life it's not my life not your wife yeah oh my god i okay no back on let's just go <laughs> we need some hints to get ourselves off of whatever train yeah. we're going on we need some so hints to get us back on track yeah so next track number nine hints is what we're talking about right now <laughs> right this second this is my favorite like late album track like mm-hmm. obviously i really like crosses and i really like heartbeats those are like the big singles for this album so this is my favorite like non-single track i guess from this album it's just like yeah it's kind of echoey and, and distant and his voice is really like reverby and he sings in a different register than he does for most of the album it just kind of stands out to me yeah, this is a song that I mean I was kind of hinting at earlier where there's parts that sound 
hinting. Uh, <laughs> there's parts on this album that sound more lo-fi, and this was kind of the track that I had in mind, where yeah. it's like his voice almost sounds it's like very fuzzy, almost like next room e. But I think it's, I mean, it's on purpose. Like the rest of this album sounds great, and this track sounds great. I love this track, but it's just I don't know. I like the way it sounds. I'm more of a yeah. It I'm, it kind of sounds like he's on a stage performing. Yeah, which which lends itself to my lyrical interpretation, where well, I go all in and say, I know I said I was all in on on the religion thing. But this is where it kind of has a turning point for me, and that this album talks a lot about deception and overcoming seeing through that deception to what is real, and the fact that it's all echoey and and big, and he's talking about those things. It kind of makes it feel like he's on a stage singing the song, and he he talks about the crowd watching him, and he talks about his life playing out or or them watching his life play out and waiting for the happy ending so that they can go home and sleep well, but he's not really sure where his happy ending is or how to get there. Or at the very least his happy ending isn't where the crowd wants or expects it to be. And he's just kind of like feeling it out and and trying to figure out and asking help how to like, how to get where he wants to be because he, he, he doesn't see it as, as where everyone else is expecting him to be. See, so this one, you said you're backpedaling on the religion. This one, I doubled down on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it can totally go both ways. I kind of went with the more literal thing because he's mentioning a crowd waiting. Like, it obviously draws that that play sense, like you're, someone's in a theater watching it. So I kind of doubled down on the entertainment mm-hmm. aspect of it and that it, it's kind of him talking about, like, well, everyone's expecting certain things of him as a musician and there's, like, certain things you need to do to get get famous to, to blow up and, and to make a lot of money. And that's how you have to do it, which is kind of something that's talked on in the, in the next track. But uh, yeah, I mean, it could absolutely also apply to religion and that there there's, there's a faith, there's a very specific set of rules that they're expected to follow for all religions. And, and he, he's kind of realizing that that's not where he wants to be kind of a thing. Yeah, I saw where you saw like the stage him performing. I saw like a preacher on a stage talking oh, to, and while the crowd is waiting for the final kiss, the one that allows them to sleep well, I was picturing the preacher in his head talking about another group of people who didn't have the answer. They're like, while well, they're all waiting for whatever they need, like whatever lies they need to keep them, we're all going down our own path the one which will like the right path we're all going down the right path and then it goes on he's saying but but we need hints before we get like talking about we we still need our our final kiss that like (laughs) it's it's like kind of like you said where it's like it's all i don't know it's all got that fake whatever but it's talk like all that bravado i guess is the word like there's somebody up there talking all this stuff like we have all the answers and then no you don't you have just as many answers as somebody else but you're just tricking people into thinking you have all the answers so that you can do whatever it's like you still need just as many hints as everybody else you still need to you you need a sign to know you're on the right track like i don't know that's kind of where i went yeah no i can totally see that and that's a thing that like I guess I'll go ahead and pull the plug on it now. Like this album to me 
has the three main themes of he could be a talking about the entertainment industry. He could be B talking about religion and his, his falling out of religion kind of a thing or C he could be just talking about or his relationship in a lot of points. And I think they're all valid. And I think more than likely he's talking about all three of them. He's kind of weaving them in such a way where, yeah, it's kind of jarring to jump around from topic to topic, but it it also like, I fucking love this album regardless. So yeah, I'm, I'm down with it. And I mean, they can all, in a way, kind of go hand in hand, at least being talked about. Like, they're all pretty pretty similar relationships. I mean... Yeah, especially who... when in the context of veneers, right? And, and faking something until you get to an end goal. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Whether it's heaven, sex, or a <laughs> million dollars for right. playing your song. <laughs> Indeed, but before that happens, I'll have to save my day. That, that, Great. that was a shit, that was a shit segue. <laughs> I'm sorry. Great guys, job. <laughs> you oh, really off, did Joey. it there. What's your segue, Joey? Let's hear it. I don't have to, because I didn't. <laughs> I didn't even try. Uh, oh, <laughs> but nothing's boy. gonna nothing's gonna save you now. No, it's, I don't it's know. the time for that has passed. You said you said you didn't have one, then you tried to make one, and now it's just awkward. Yeah. Track ten. Yeah, save your day. The strummy song. He strums yeah. on this song. He does it's, instead it's of much much less it. of a finger style guitar, yeah. and definitely the whole strummy thing. This is the one that I was alluding to back at the beginning of the episode. So this song, I I backtracked on my <laughs> thought of the meeting because I really like. I don't know, thinking about it right now, in the moment, I can kind of make some connections, but part of me thought it was about consumerism. Like, oh. I, <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's got government, so it's got religion, it's got fucking, it's got celebrity, <laughs> it's got consumerism. <laughs> so like, I don't know, j- just the last verse, to co- like, talking about, to cough up sympathy isn't hard, but it costs. Hold tight to your life savings. You do. You have to do what you must to save your day. Like, and and it's in the context of he. You're poking at a dead body. Like, I guess you just found a dead body somewhere. And you just start poking it, and it's rolling. It's tumbling around, rolling around, and it's. But just to talk about to cough up sympathy, it's not hard, but it costs. Like, I don't know. It's it's giving me the idea that like if it costs you money, you shouldn't even sympathize like have sympathy for the dead like if it if it's going to cost you too much caring about other people isn't right. something you need to do i guess which i don't know i thinking thinking hard about it right now in the moment just off the top of my head I, you could definitely make the connection to religion but that's just not where my mind immediately went to the first time i heard the song yeah, you see, this one kind of solidified my belief that, that he's talking more about the entertainment in- industry. And it it seems to me, this was my interpretation of it, that it's from the perspective of someone else saying it's okay to ignore the dead bodies of someone that came before him, meaning the musicians or celebrities or whatever, that are old and falling out of style. They're not popular anymore. And to focus on the numbers, because he says these days are cold, numbers rule, I've been told, kind of saying, you know, mm-hmm. ratings or money or 
or those kind of things or where the success is, even though it's cold, that's just kind of how things are right now. So like just ignore the body of the people that we're, we're no longer treating because they're old hat. You're new, you're fresh. If you want to make it big, this is how it's got to be. You know what? I think you're right. As much as I hate to say it, <laughs> Joe, you love telling me I'm right. I do. You're right. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I just did it. <laughs> oh, ten out of ten, and it wasn't even intentional, or it wasn't. In, we'll in intentional. Ten out of intentional. Oh, I thought it was yeah. I don't. <laughs> Man, oh, let's get away from this track, Joey. Yeah, we we just sound like a couple of broken arrows over here. What what does that mean? What does a broken arrow sound like, Joey? <laughs> it sounds like a broken record. Getting off topic. Track 11, Broken Arrows. I'm just exhausted at this point. <laughs> this one has a lot of like clean picking and really that I, I really noticed the bass progression in this one that he picks in, even though mm-hmm. like obviously he's not playing the bass. It still has a very like punchy bassy sound to the, the low strings that he plays. And I really like the, the progression that he, that comes in like halfway through the song. Also, there's a trumpet solo. There is a trumpet solo. And that's the, like, I didn't hear another instrument on the entire album. Just fuck, just throws a trumpet solo in there at the end. <laughs> yeah, A very welcome surprise. I think I love trumpet. Yeah, it, as you all it, know, if you listen to any of our other episodes, yeah, I mean, we've been talking about trumpets for the past four weeks, so well, three <laughs> weeks, I guess. The first one didn't have a lot of trumpets, but anyways, yeah, it, it's got this like very like soft and gentle trumpet that comes in, which is a very nice surprise for the last track of the album. Oh yeah, uh, it also and- it also has like at the end, like there's a, a sound of like a switch being cl- clicked or flipped, uh, which I've drawn some conclusions for in the lyrics, but well, I. I guess I'll go first on the lyrics then, but, uh, sure. I mean, I, okay. I don't know if you want to save yours. I can go. I don't, I don't care. You know what? You go. Cause <laughs> okay. you were right last time and I want to be right you this time. End on, on the, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So you can just say, if you like what I say better, you can just say, yeah, that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> and then that's the, yep. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Okay. So this one, uh, kind of ties it all together in my opinion it's the last track on the album it seems like he's comparing seasons and even or even like a day cycle to how the relationship with either a lover or religion or fame has kind of come and gone he says the sun went down and with it the love we found that's the way things are sometimes most of the time kind of a thing where like i don't know it's just a very like somber way to end the album saying it's the end of the day it's the end of the summer. All of those emotions, all of the good that was there is gone. And that's just the way it is. Like that, that's an experience that, that has happened, whether that's him being fucked over by uh, an ex lover or by some producer trying to get him famous or some church figure of some sort, like that, that's it's, it's the past. That's just the way shit that shit is in this world. And I think the clicking sound at the end of the audience in my interpretation represents the turning off of the TV. You know, the audience that's been watching him turns off the TV or he turns off his recording tape, or if he's still conducting this play kind of thing, or he's on a stage, it's the sound of the light getting shut off kind of indicating that that's the end of this 
album. That's the end of this chapter in his life. That's the end of this relationship, whether that's with, you know, lover, religion, fame kind of thing. Yeah. I, as main themes, yes, I definitely got that. I envisioned some sort of war going on just because of the opening lines, broken arrows along the shore. Seems you intended to come back for more. Like there was going to be another battle, but then it, the season ended and it just, it was too cold to bathe and the leaves are brown. Like it's, I don't know. It's, there's no more fight left in whoever is fighting. So whether it's, he's just him fighting with religion or fame or something. I didn't really. Yeah. I didn't really know where to put the broken arrows line, so I just kind of ignored it. But that kind of ties in well, I think, as well. Yeah, I, I, there's, I don't know, maybe, maybe, and this is going out on a huge limb. This is super tinfoil hat. So in Christianity, <laughs> there's the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Maybe the Holy Trinity of this album is religion itself, the entertainment industry, and a relationship, and that's like. The way and he ties it all together, yeah, and, and ca- oh. government. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, like the the album is what you get out of it, right? So yeah. it, it's it's not for even though he wrote it, it's not for him to say what it is about. It's it's for the audience to say what it's about and what they got out of it. Yeah, once you release art, it is no longer yours. It, it you can't force it to be interpreted a certain way. You right. only, like, how, whatever it meant to him doesn't inform what it means to other people. So that's a great thing about this album. And that's a great thing about, I don't know, creative songwriting, I guess, is a good way to put it. Yeah. Just, he's, like, not to go back to Neutral Milk Hotel, but, like, it's something I talked about with him that I noticed in Jose Gonzalez's songwriting where he was just just specific enough to make you think of something like something that relates to you something that you think might relate to other people but just vague enough that you can fit it into any situation so that anybody can have that moment and that's just a really right. that's a really nice thing to to have for sure I, I think it's lovely and and again I love this album this album has been with me for a long time or at least songs on it have been for, I, I'm pretty sure I've listened to the album for a long time as well. I just can't date it as specifically as that video of, of battlefield <laughs> parodies that I, that went over my head as a kid. But uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed revisiting this album and giving it a more analytical look because as I said at the top, I never really thought about the lyrics or anything. Yeah. Well, now you did and you're better for it. So <laughs> I am, and we had fun doing it. Exactly, and that's what matters. So all of the people out there who are listening and thinking, stop talking, please, for the love of God, stop talking. Uh, just remember that we had fun, yeah, well, and that's what matters. My question is, if they want us to stop talking, why don't they just stop listening? They have that power. Because, because they have been just brought up in a world where you can't you can't just be alone and you can't not be listening to something in your headphones so they have to have something on maybe they've listened to literally every other (laughs) podcast maybe they really love this album and they've listened to so many people talk about it and it's like oh they've discovered this last little nugget of unlistened material about this album and they're like i have to listen to it now 
And even <laughs> though they hate the fact that we're still talking about things that are not this album, they, they, just, they can't turn it off. Or maybe it's one of those people that like to comment on celebrities' political posts, being like, "No, you, you're just a musician. You shouldn't. You should leave politics out of it. You're not allowed to have an opinion. You should stick to doing what you do." Kind of, kind of a thing. Yeah, fuck those people. Fuck them right in the face. <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and say that. <laughs> like, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, those people exist. There are a lot of them. Yeah. Well, if you're one of those people and you're listening, I'm not gonna directly tell you to stop listening. But I, I think you get the picture. <laughs> Stop listening, please. Leave us alone. We don't. We don't need your Stop. shit. The world doesn't need your opinion just as much as it doesn't need ours. I'm gonna frame it in a different way. Stop listening to this <laughs> so that you can get a better frame of mind. Maybe, maybe become more learned about other other people's opinions. Maybe try to become <laughs> more receptive to other opinions. And you know what? Maybe try to like work on take maybe take a course on how to construct a, a valid argument so that maybe you can like actually debate with people instead of just yelling and throwing throwing fits and then maybe you can have constructive arguments with other people and maybe you can both learn something and then maybe you'll eventually be ready enough to come back to this with an open mind and even if you don't agree with us you won't be be upset you'll just be like okay there's people have different opinions and that's that's a thing that we lost somewhere along the way that's a thing that's not acceptable anymore and it really should be jesus christ joey what a way to end this episode (laughs) Uh, what are we talking about next week next week the band same band the the band the band band? is the same band what are you talking about joey i was gonna say a bunch of stupid things but i'm just not listening to jose gonzalez again no, yeah, no. It's I was sorry for being confusing. The band is called Dark Captain, but you might also have to look them up as Dark Captain, Light Captain, because they changed their name at some point. Cool. The album is called Dead Legs and Alibis. I like it. I like the the the, the cut of that that album title's jib. Do do you? Well, I like that album, so <laughs> it all That's works why we're out. talking about it. <laughs> it's, oh, so. I'm just yeah, it's it's I it's parts of the vocals reminded me of it. It's kind of got the folky type of spiel going on. Not necessarily as much good guitar and everything, but it's just got a very chill vibe to it. It's one. I found this band a long time ago, around the time that I would have really, really loved Jose Gonzalez's music. So I figured it was, it was just good that we could listen to it. Cool. Well, I am looking forward to listening to it, and hopefully, I enjoy it even a percentage as much as I enjoyed this album because this album is just fucking great. Fucking, I, I've said it a million times. I'm sure you it. will. It's fucking great. I'm sure until you then. will because even even zero percent is a percentage. But yes, until then. Well, until then. Nope. Okay, smart ass. Uh, <laughs> next week, if you guys want to want to be engaged, you know, a let us know what you thought of this episode. B, let us know what you thought about this Jose Gonzalez album, and C, listen to Dead Legs and Alibis by Dark Captain Light Captain this coming week, and then we can have more engagement over the week uh, when we talk about it next week. Week? How many more times can I say the word week? week. <laughs> One more. Your week. week. <laughs> Anyways, uh, until we get there, though, (laughs) hope you guys have a nice week, 
and I hope you guys also stay in our feedback. Oh!